Good afternoon. The time is 2 o'clock. Welcome to Vox Pop for this Monday, February 5th. I'm Ray Graff. Support comes from Upstate Dermatology. For more than 30 years, a medical team providing diversified dermatologic services, including medical, cosmetic, and surgical, five locations in the Capital Region, and serving Western Massachusetts, UpstateDerm.com. Joining us this afternoon to answer your podiatric questions is Dr. Douglas Tuman of Hudson Valley Foot Associates. The number to call is 800-348-2551, 800-348-2551, or you can email voxpop at wamc.org. So if you got the fallen arches, the bunions, maybe the odd hammer toe, a little of uh, the old plantar fasciitis, give us a call, 800-348-2551, podiatry, right after the news. Hello again. Welcome back to Vox Pop, WAMC's live afternoon call-in talk show. I'm Ray Graff. In the studio with us this afternoon is Dr. Douglas Tuman of Hudson Valley Foot Associates. Dr. Tuman has been practicing podiatry in the Hudson Valley for more than 35 years. He's a grad of the Illinois College of Podiatric Medicine and a diplomate of the American Board of Podiatric Surgeons. Dr. Tuman is the author of the Amazon bestseller book, Ask the Foot Doctor. He's also board certified in foot surgery and a fellow of the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons, also an avid marathon runner, at least was. Give us a call, 800-348-2551, 1-800-348-2551. If you have a question about your feet, you can email us as well, voxpop at wamc.org. But again, that number is 800 800- 348-2551. Dr. Douglas Tuman, welcome back. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on this beautiful sunny day. All right. First, before we get to the questions and such, let's get a medical update. Last time you were here, you were in, I think, a boot, walking boot. What? Uh, how's it going with the ankle? Uh, not as good as I would have hoped. Even though I've been a good patient, the ankle bone is just not healing so well, so I'm still not running. So why do you think it's not healing as well? I don't know. It's a uh, it's luck of the draw. There are a certain amount of fractures that go on to delayed unions or non-unions. I think it's going to heal, and uh, I think I'll be back running hopefully in the spring. We'll so see. if all goes well, do you think May? Or... Yeah, I'll be back out there by May. All right. Sure. Let, let's talk about something that I was thinking about right. this morning, uh, flat feet. Flat feet. Yep. Flat feet. Are, are they strictly something that you inherit or can a lifetime of being overweight flatten your feet <laughs> and you're asking for a friend correct <laughs> so the answer is yes and yes really uh, inherited for sure so you know from childhood we see kids with flat feet and then adults later on you know as we go through life you hear about shrinkage i'm not talking about the seinfeld shrinkage right. i'm talking about right. the water's very warm yes, yes it's fine <laughs> the, the, you lose height but that is because as we grow up and grow older uh, there's compression and there's gravity, and gravity always wins. Yeah. And the ligaments that hold, you know, the foot bones connected to the ankle bone, the foot bones and the ligaments, they get loosened, they stretch, they have a lot of strain, and the foot will flatten. We'll actually get size bigger with our feet, so it's not unusual to change shoe sizes. And as you change shoe size as an adult, it's not because your foot is growing, it's stretching and spreading out. Now, what about it? Now, we'll, we'll go back to the the kind that the flat feet that you were born with, let's yes. say. What about that is a detriment? I always heard in the old days, yeah, I tried to join the service, but I was 4F on account of the flat feet. Why? Why, why is that a problem, having flat right. feet? Or you can have a heel spur and keeps you out of the uh, service as right. well. Yes. Well, we've heard that. <laughs> yes, we have heard that. Um, so here's the thing about um, flat feet. 
very important to know, not all flat feet are bad feet. Some flat feet are perfectly fine. They function fine. They'll never give people a problem. It's what happens biomechanically with the motion of the foot that's important. So if you're having a normal flat foot, I say normal flat foot, which you can have, that's great. But if you have a flat foot and the ligaments are loose or there is when you're walking, your foot's falling to the inside, that's called pronation. Aha. An excessive pronation will stress the muscles, the tendons, the joints, the ligaments, and that will create fatigue, aches and pains. And later on in life, it'll create arthritic changes and things like that, bone spurs. Uh, so. All right. So with that in mind, we've had several questions, or a couple anyway, about arches. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with this one that came in about an hour ago from Aaron in Greenfield. From time to time, after removing my boots and when I begin to walk around, I feel a sharp pain in the arch of my foot. It comes on and dissipates quickly. What could be going on there? Is there something I should do to prevent the injury? Yeah, there can be a lot going on. So in the arch, you have a lot of structures. Certainly you have a structure called the plantar fascia, and the plantar fascia gets stretched, irritated, elongated, micro tears, and that gets under strain. And that's a very painful condition that does need treatment often to get it better. Underlying the fascia, which is on the bottom, is supporting of the supporting portion of the foot, it, four layers of muscles are on the bottom of your foot. So those muscles can get strained. You can get aches and pains from that. So there's a lot of things that can happen. But usually with pain, it's plantar fasciitis and arch-related you know, fatigue. If you are uh, reclining at the end of a long day and your shoes are off, yes. your feet are still on, but your <laughs> shoes are off, and your toes may give you some just not sharp pains, but fairly right. acute ache, and then it goes away. What, what is it just the shoes? You're asking for a friend, I assume. <laughs> well, I, I may be asking for a relative, but we'll leave it there. So the answer is yes and yes again. So all day long, your feet are functioning. The average person, even if they're not active, takes four or five, 6,000 steps a day. We put them in containers that are often not fitting properly. There's tight. Your feet swell during the day. So when you take your shoes off, it's not unusual for them to hurt a little bit. You know, that's why women go to weddings. They can't wait to take the shoes off and get into different shoes. It's basically, you know, a lot of pressure on the nerve endings, the muscles, the tension, and it releases. And then you get aches and pains. Sometimes it helps to massage your feet. I tell my senior patients, soak in Epsom salts in warm water. What do the Epsom can, salts do? It's magnesium salts. It actually is very soothing. Yeah. And actually can get into your system and help you with magnesium deficiency. Yeah, I'll be darned. So, right from the feet. From the feet, well, yeah. Interesting. interesting. So if you had to tell someone, okay, you have a choice. Your your shoe can be either slightly too tight or or a half size too big. What would you Go choose? Go big, absolutely. Really, always? Oh yeah. But that there are problems there, there are problems too. There, yeah? But if you have to choose, you know, I got a I'm on the you know I got no shoes and there's two on the corner. One is tight and one is loose. I'm taking the loose one a little bit. Yeah. Right. Even though it's not the you get so many problems from nerve compression and irritations on the bones. You better off. You want to be able to move the toes in the cabin a little bit. Move them around a little bit. Do you wear socks? I wear socks. Uh, and that's not okay. to bed though. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, even when it's cold? I don't, yeah, even when it's cold. All right, this is from Joanne in Taconic, also about arches. Uh, Joanne says, I've always had high arches. I'm 71. I've noticed that the arch on my left foot has fallen a little bit. Oh, there you go, causing some change in the appearance of my ankle. I can see the difference between my right and left foot. I've also noticed that my left knee turns in much more than my right knee. I've already wear, I already wear an over-the-counter arch support orthotic. Is there anything I could do to keep my left arch from falling more? Do I need some custom-made orthotics? I wonder what, what this is doing to my overall alignment. Well, it's, it's good that you notice this, first of all, so you can take action. And I think you need to 
number one, help the foot that's fallen in the arch because it sounds like that foot is pronating in is what you're seeing, the change in the ankle. And you're also seeing the change in the knee because the foot is almost the steering wheel. So if the foot flattens and turns in, the knee's going to turn and things are going to start changing. So, yes, uh, this is the opposite of, you know, born with a flat foot, you're born with a high arch foot. But London Bridge is falling down. You know, that's, you know, that's uh, structure of a high arch foot. There's a lot of pressure on that high arch foot, and it does often lower over time. So on your other side, there's two things you want to do. I think her name was Joanne. If yep, it was, yeah. Joanne and Taconic. Joanne, I, I would do two things. First of all, I would move into a custom orthotic, and that would help your flat foot so it doesn't pronate over so much, so it's built to support the structure that's losing stability. And on the other side, you want to protect the arch, so the orthotic that's custom-made that'll fit the arch properly versus maybe an over-the-counter one that may not be form-fitting will we'll keep it on its hopefully uh, straight and narrow path, so to speak. But you also want to do some exercises. I can't really demonstrate them here, but you want to look up arch strengthening exercises. And it could be, for example, balancing on one foot, doing one-legged toe raise, curling you know, towels, marbles with your toes, and picking up things like that, strengthening up the arches a little bit. Oh, those things can help. Which is worse, having a flat foot or a high arch? Good question. So I'll, I will tell you, undoubtedly, if you have the type of high arch that's rigid, which is basically a foot that you cannot make it into a flat foot, it's high arch and you stand that doesn't change, that's worse because it's a very poor shock-absorbing foot. And that foot does not offer, for example, people have high arches. It's like having you're in a car, you're not in a Mercedes, that nice smooth ride. The high arch foot is a walk down the street with a lot of, you know, bang, 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 that pressure and stress is going into your lower back, it's going into your knees. High arch feet people end up with back pain, they end up with knee pain, they end up with ankle pain, foot pain. Doug, really definitely worse. Douglas Tuman is our guest today. It's podiatry on the show. The number is 800 348 2551. 800-348-2551. The email is voxpop at wamc.org. You're a marathon runner. You probably know a lot of marathon runners. Over time, over repeated pounding of the feet, will you automatically assume that you are going to flatten your arches? No. Really? Yeah, no, no. Even if you ran a, a marathon every week? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to happen. Uh, it depends upon your foot structure. It depends upon your anatomy. Certainly that can happen, but I have a lot of people I know, friends and others that I've seen for years. Their feet are great. I have others, they change. Mm. So it's not guaranteed to make you change. And uh, running actually can keep your bones strong. You know, weight-bearing exercise can keep your bones strong. So even there's been recent studies that it actually can help your knees. It doesn't have huh. to help, but it depends upon your mechanics. It depends upon... Are you excessively pronating? Do you have eye arches? So there's a lot of different things that go into that equation. But you can successfully run for many decades. Is it driving you. you nuts not to be able to run? <laughs> yes, it is. Is it? Yes, it is. What are you doing to relax? Uh, it's very difficult. Okay. <laughs> Douglas Tooman's our guest. He won't, he won't answer that. 800-348-2551. It's feet today. Podiatry. We will get to your calls in a moment. Bob 
Vox Pop on WAMC. It's a Medical Monday. Dr. Douglas Tooman of Hudson Valley Foot Associates joins us. The number is 800-348-2551. 1-800-348-2551. We'll get back to the emails in a bit at voxpop at wamc.org. Let's go right to the phones. Richard and Rensselaer, you're on. He's walking over to the phone. <laughs> Hello, Richard. How you doing, buddy? Yes. You're on. Go. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, a question is about my left foot, the index and middle toe. The very last joint is uh, very weak. By that I mean if I press up on it with a finger, it bends all the way back, and I can't get it to, you know, from the muscle in the toe to get it to go down any. So I wonder, does that, can that be fixed at all? Richard, I have a question. Is it painful at all for you? Uh, no. No. It's just when you go to touch it, you can move it in all different directions. There's no stability there. Is that what you're saying? No, it's up. It goes it up, was, yes. So, but it doesn't yeah, hit the shoe. It does not. It. I want to push it down. Right. And if I've got anything there in the way, it, yeah. that last joint flips up. Yeah. So basically what's happening, if it's not painful, by the way, Richard, I don't think i do anything about it, that tendon on the end of your toe, if you look at your hand, you'll see those little cords on the top of your hand. Those are called tendons, and you have tendons that go into your foot as well, to the second and third toes, all the toes. And at the end of the toe, that tendon is pulling the toe up a little bit, so it's in a fixed position that it's elevated. And uh, if it's not hurting and you came into my office, I would basically tell you to leave it alone. Hmm. But if it really bothered someone because sometimes it hits the shoe or causes pain, we can lengthen or re- release that tendon. It goes right back down. Uh, so there is a cure for it. I'm not sure it's necessary, though, Richard, because you're not really having any issues there. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. All right, Richard, thanks Thank a lot. You. Appreciate the call. 800-348-2551. Dr. Douglas Tooman of Hudson Valley Foot Associates is with us today. The email address is voxpopwmc.org. Jackie's in New York. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I have a hallux varus, uh, which is a result, I believe, of a bunion surgery that was overcorrected. Um, I also have arthritis in that joint, and now I've developed arthritis in my second toe as a result of, I think, uh, overcompensating. Uh, I'm just a little nervous to have surgery because of the arthritis, and I'm just curious what I might expect. Well, good question, Jack, and I'm so sorry about your hallux varus. So a bunion, the medical term, it's called a hallux valgus, and the big toe encroaches onto the second toe, and the joint on the inside of your foot, it starts to stick out. And most of those are hereditary with the bunion deformities. They happen more to women than men, but both both of us get it. And when you crack the bunion, usually it goes perfectly well for the most part. But there is something called overcorrection. And sometimes it can be improper surgery, and sometimes it can be just bad luck. But the big toe is now sticking out the other way as if it's hitchhiking. And then sometimes you develop arthritis in the joint. And if the big toe joint, Jack, is arthritic, then typically what most foot surgeons are going to do is they're going to fix that by making everything straight and fusing it. So that would be the procedure of choice. Of course, I'm not looking at your x-ray. I'm not looking at your foot. But that would be something that would most commonly be done. It would cure the arthritis. It would cure the hallux varus. And you'd have a straight toe. 
and uh, you would be able to wear your shoes again, and it usually works out just fine. You really need to go to a really good foot surgeon uh, who does that as their primary procedure, you know, these first ray or bunion and correction, diffusion. He was saying fusion is a last resort, and he was going to pull it together with the bungee Yes. first and see if that works. And it might work, exactly. but you have arthritis in the joint. Yeah. So what you're talking about yeah. is a procedure that will make your toes straight, but that won't help necessarily the arthritis in the joint. Mm-hmm. So if your arthritis isn't bad mm-hmm. and you're young and you don't mind potentially yeah. seeing how it does, that may be a good way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if okay. I would say you're 60 plus and you sound much younger on the phone, by the way, but if you are 60 yeah, plus, and, yeah, <laughs> then you may want to think about just having mm-hmm. one procedure undone. But if you're much younger, and you trust your surgeon, mm-hmm. maybe do the two-step, so to speak, where you do the first procedure, okay. and then you see what happens. But okay. I wouldn't be nervous. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a Halix Varus forever. Yeah. You really want to fix that if you can, Jackie. All right. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. Did she say bungees? Yeah. You're putting you know, toes in bungees. <laughs> it sounds funny. What she's talking about is maybe a tightrope procedure. Uh, they do it on ankles. Uh, they did it. They do it on co- football players. Uh, uh, Tua Tagliavola in college in Alabama. He broke. He injured his ankle, sprained his ankle, ligaments popped. And they put a, a rope in there called a tightrope to hold oh, it together. Fascinating. And uh, it holds things. So that's a procedure that can be considered for that potentially. Dr. Yeah. Douglas Tuman is our guest today from Hudson Valley Foot Associates on this edition of Medical Monday. The number is 800-348-2551. Elaine in Galway, you're on. Hello. Hello. Uh, Ray and Dr. Tuman. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I can't hear you all of a sudden. You're, you're on. Happened? Thank go, you for calling you. Go okay. ahead, Elaine. <laughs> I just have to turn the volume up. There we go. Okay. So um, anyway, I had a question about um, why custom orthotics are so expensive. I um, A few years ago, I had um, custom orthotics made for me, and they worked really well, and they were like $600. And so I wanted to have the same exact um, orthotics made by the same company and you know they have a cast of it or some kind of a maybe an electronic you know way of, of creating it and it was going to be another $600 and I don't understand why that is so expensive okay. any insights on that Sure. Uh, generally, we, we, we don't do prices specifically, Doc. And as you well know, you've been yes. on the show for years. Yes. But uh, So, you know, these are custom design. The laboratory has to go through the same process in manufacturing them. So uh, it depends where you go, you know, as far as cost goes. But it's not unusual because the manufacturing process starts again. Yeah. I mean, if, if you had a car, you had to get a new car. You know, they don't give you credit for the old car even if they have the cast again. And most people are taking new casts because the feet change, and you want to make sure you have the impressions for now. So uh, I would say— Yeah, there was no—I'm sorry. There was no new cast involved. It yeah. was just calling in the, um, yeah. the n- number on the back of the— Yeah. Everybody the has their policies, and again, um, right. I'm—, I'm you, you really can't answer not to answer this question, yeah. but uh, no, that's okay. I understand. As long as they work for you, a, and you know, you know, there's no price you can pay on comfort. Oh, you know, okay. That's what I would say. Diplomatically well, I agree, said. But <laughs> Go ahead, depends Elaine. Depends on how much you can afford. Yes. Um, so I, yeah. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Do you think that um, shopping around is a reasonable thing to do? I don't think so, because you had something that worked for you, and if you had something right. that worked, I would stick with what worked for you and. Uh, go with the same design. You know what works for me is a V12 Jaguar, but I can't afford one. You know what I mean? 
Uh, let's see. We'll go to Jim and Madam Morris. Uh, hello, Jim. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, diabetic uh, socks tend to rub sores on uh, little toes. Uh, other than uh, getting bigger shoes, what are some of the uh, corrective measures? Oh, Jim, it's a great question. And if you're having a sore on your little toe, I would say that your first your first strategy is to change shoes because most times diabetic socks or even any sock uh, is going to be hard-pressed to cause a wound and break through the skin, but shoes can do that all the time. Uh. So ulcers, diabetic ulcers, happen in diabetics that don't have, let's say, the proper sensation or feeling. They can have neuropathy. Certainly can be also because of poor circulation. Those are the two big risk factors. But uh, it's very rare that I would say if I've ever seen a sock other than maybe a compression sock worn by somebody in a hospital bed where they're not moving cause something like that. But if you're taking your socks off every day, washing your feet, it's your shoes, Jim. you gotta, you got to put out the bucks for it, and I can't tell you where to go. All right, to Jim, appreciate Thank the, you call. For the call. Now, when they say diabetic socks, you're talking about compression socks? No, no, no. It's kind of the opposite. The really? socks without seams. Uh, I'm not a big fan of diabetic socks. I think it's more marketing than anything. What do you mean without seams? Well, I, I've know, never had a pair of socks that have seams. You know how you, the socks leave a mark on your ankle sometimes? So diabetic socks won't leave a mark, you know, things like that. But I don't think there's any risk factors in having a regular sock cut off circulation at no. all. So the compression so, socks are just the opposite. They the opposite. restrict the, the— Well, they're, re- they're helping the veins. Uh, they're not restricting any blood flow. Uh, compression socks, we really get swollen ankles and swollen legs, have varicosities, you know, those purple things that stick out. Yeah. So I would say uh, those are the opposite where you're using compression. Interesting. To, you know, and diabetic socks are more of the loose kind. But I would have no problem wearing a regular sock on a diabetic patient. It's the shoes that cause the issues. Dr. Douglas Tuman is our guest today from Hudson Valley Foot Associates. Let's go on over to Otisville. And Jason, you're on. Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, on the right foot, my third and fourth toe for, I don't know, 10 years were, were numb. And I just kind of self-diagnosed neuropathy for no particular reason. I have no diabetes, nothing like that. In the last six months or so, those toes now hurt. Um, they don't start out hurting in, you know, in the beginning of the day, but by the middle of the day, they hurt. So, Jason, what you have is actually not neuropathy. It's actually a neuroma, uh, and that's N-E-U-R-O-M-A. And typically, third and fourth toes, it's called a Morton's neuroma, kind of like the salt. So Morton's neuroma Uh is a pinched nerve in the ball of the foot that either can relate into numbness and or pain. So in your case, those third and fourth toes were numb for 10 years, as you said, and now they became painful. So the nerve actually inside your foot is under compression, either from shoes or the anatomy inside of your foot. And that nerve initially was numb, but now that nerve is probably getting scar tissue and getting a growth on it, which is the neuroma part, and that's causing your pain. So you should see a podiatrist, and typically the treatment would either be one of a few things. Injection therapy often can work to get rid of the pain. Sometimes orthotics can be very helpful in eliminating the pressure in that area. And then there are surgical alternatives to get rid of the problem permanently that will take care of the pain forever. So that's what you got, a Morton's neuroma, Jason. All right, Jason, thanks a lot. The surgical uh, solution that you mentioned is yes. eliminating the nerves altogether? or 
uh, in that area. So that nerve, just you know, it's a sensory nerve. It's not a motor nerve. It has no control over function, movement. It only controls pain. And we take out a very small section of it, and that removal of that section of that nerve will alleviate the pain forever. Yeah. And it doesn't have any effect on the function at all. Sometimes in our office, we do something called cryosurgery, which actually freezes the nerve. It's another alternative surgery. So cryosurgery or neurectomy can cure it forever. Who is Morton? <laughs> and why, why did he only focus on two toes? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Probably had it himself. All right. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, you're probably right. Let's go to East Durham, and it's Glenn's turn. Glenn, you're on with Dr. Douglas Toman. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, here's my problem. My middle toe, Every I walk for an hour every day, and every time I step down, it hurts like hell. Is it? Could it be an intone, ingrown toenail? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. It's just that it's your middle toe that hurts, and it's always in the same right. spot? Yep. And in fact, sometimes I couldn't even figure it out for a while. It would hurt while I walked, but the minute I stopped walking, I would touch all my toes, and I wouldn't feel it. And there's Now no... I'm feeling it, so okay. I know what toe it is. So, And there's no redness, and the nail outside of the walk is not painful, correct? Yeah, it's like in the corner where the nail goes into the skin. I mean, I don't see it. It's not red. Right. It doesn't look elevated or anything. But if I push down into it, I can feel it really hurts. And that's where the pain is, right? Yes. It took me a while to figure out what toe. I mean, I'm telling you, it took me weeks, almost a month. So more than likely, I have an ingrowing toe. Yeah. I'm sorry, Glenn. More than likely, have an ingrowing toenail that's coming under compression when you're walking. It's probably getting pinched by toe number four or toe number two, depending on which side it's uh, it's on. And you can right. try a couple of things on your own. If not, I would see a podiatrist and get that fixed. You can try putting a gel toe spacer between the toes. You can pick them up on Amazon, little gel, uh, toe separators gel. You can put cotton between the okay. toes, lamb's wool. I would give that a try next couple of times you walk, see if that helps. If not, go see a podiatrist. They'll fix your ingrowing toenail and make it so it doesn't hurt ever again. All right. Glenn, thanks a lot. Let me ask you a question about toenails. If you didn't clip your toenails <laughs> and, and, and you didn't get right. an ingrown toenail, it just right. grew perfectly, right. is there any problem with just letting your toenails grow? Have you ever heard of Howard Hughes? I do. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> but I mean, he, did he have ingrown toenails? Well, what happens is when they get to a certain length, and it takes a long time to do this, but you have a lot of seniors that live alone. They don't have family. And all of a sudden, somebody, a health aide or a family member comes over, and their toenails are growing out over the end and around towards the bottom. Yeah, but isn't that st- <laughs> keeps your toes safe? It's, no. a, it's a little shell around the end of your toe, right? It's like a turtle's turtle yeah. shell, right? No, no, because it'll press into the skin and cause irritation and eventually pain. But you can you can get away with it. I see people all the time, unfortunately, that have the, that deformity. By the way, asking for, for a friend again. Right, exactly. <laughs> you might want to get a, whoever that friend is. Might want to invest in a toenail clipper. <laughs> yeah, well, he'll have to ask his wife very nicely. <laughs> Uh, Martha writes in, uh, this is a question for the foot doctor. Well, that's good, Martha. You're off to a good start. I know this is because of tighter shoes or boots and is a strange condition. It happens for me after wearing hard downhill ski boots for a weekend of skiing or wearing horseback riding boots in winter. Chillblains. When I take the boots off, my toes get red and itch. My Scots great-grandmother used to say, rub a raw onion and salt into your toes. Is this an old wives' tale? Is there something better these days? 
Well, it's a great question, and her name is uh, Martha. Martha. Martha, thanks for this question because it's something important to talk about, chill blains, because I see a lot of it. I actually saw two patients this morning who have chill blains, and many people have no idea what's going on, so I'll just take a moment to explain about chill blains. It is a problem that happens in the toes in the northeast in cold weather. I'm sure it happens in Alaska, too. But uh, what happens, it's called a vasospasm. And that means the tiniest little vessels, usually in the feet, sometimes the hand, sometimes the nose, when they're exposed to cold, they go into a, a spasm in the little tiniest muscles, and it cuts off the circulation. Now, it's never usually dangerous enough that it's going to cause gangrene or loss of toes, but it'll make your toes very cold. And then if you wear shoes like you have, ski boots, riding boots, that are going to press on those cold toes, it will leave purple splotch marks on those yeah. toes and they'll become painful, especially at the tips of the toes. Mm. So the first thing you have to do is you can't wear tight shoes if you have chillblains. It's just going to kill you, and it's going to cause pain. So ski boots might be a problem. Ski boots might be a problem. Uh, okay. And uh, boots, you know, riding boots might be a problem as well, because that's one case where you can't choose the looser shoes you know, in those events, in those sports. Yeah. Uh, however, there are things you can do and strategies that you can do at home, Martha, to help. Of course, warm soaks with maybe Epsom salts if you want. You can put liners there. They, you can buy them online, battery-operated heated liners oh, that you charge so every cool. day. Yeah, It can leave your toes, 90, the whole bottom of the foot, 900 degrees. Or if you're going skiing or just outside, you can get the ones you use for the hands and feet that you you know, you know rub. And, that'll keep it warm for maybe 12 hours, and that'll help. But you have to have room in the toes, and it can be very painful. Sometimes we have to treat them. I'm not sure about the salt and the onion. I haven't offered that to my patients you yet. You should try that. I'm going to try And you know what? Try some leeches, too. <laughs> Let's take a break. 800-348-2551. 800-348-2551. Yeah, I think we'll take a break, Zach. It's a Dr. Douglas Tooman today. It's podiatry. More of your questions and answers coming up. I might be wrong, but I think that is the version of Girl from Ipanema that is in the elevator in the Blues Brothers movie. That's the Marquis, and a couple of those guys were in the Blues Brothers, Steve Cropper and Donald Duck Dunn. And so i got to go back to the movie, but I think when they all get in the elevator going up to the uh, office building in Chicago, that's the one. You know your music and your movies. I'm not sure. I, I could be imagining that, but I, I will, we'll, uh, we'll do a little research. Di wow. But we digress. Dr. <laughs> Douglas Tooman is our guest today. 800-348-2551 uh, is our telephone number. A couple emails here. Now, I've been told by Joe Makowitz and Zach Malloy that the phones are acting a little sketchy. If you're on hold, hang in there, and we're going to try to get to you. If you get bumped, I apologize. They're diagnosing the problem, and doing the best they can as we're doing a show. But we'll get to the phones again in a moment. This is from Eliza. I tried a product to remove callus that had me wear a booty infused with product for an hour. In about a week, the product worked as advertised, and my rough feet have never felt better. But I'm wondering, are these products dangerous? Uh, good question, Eliza. And the answer is no. I don't think they're dangerous. If you can get them over the counter, they're not going to have strong acids in them. And typically, it's a good way to go to remove the rough calluses, something that you can put under occlusion for an hour, let it soften up, and then often you take a pumice stone and you, in the shower or wherever you kind of 
rub it off a little bit. So no, I, I think they're probably fairly safe. Of course, I don't know all the ingredients in your product, but things that are sold over the counter for the most part should have a fairly good safety okay. recommendation. And this is from Katie and Troy. I'm a 47-year-old with bunions. I do physical labor for a living as well as yoga and hiking. I'm on my feet a lot. I've had a podiatrist tell me I absolutely need to have surgery eventually. Have you seen people heal from bunions using massage and toe separators? Have you seen people not need surgery? And that's from Katie. Katie, thanks so much for the question. It's a great question. So in our office, we see tons of bunions. It's called hallux valgus deformity. And, of course, we already mentioned before that this is something you inherit. And certainly you're very active, Katie, so you can have more steps, more things that will happen. Having said, you absolutely have to have it done at some point. I'm not sure that's the correct thing to say, although it certainly is an optional thing to say that at some point you should probably fix this or fix that. Yeah. The number one reason to fix something is because it's painful. You didn't mention if you have pain in the bunions, but let's assume you did have pain. Yeah, you're active, you're 47, and you do want to get something that's painful fixed so you can maintain activity so that you don't get arthritic changes in your joint and that you maintain the function level that you want throughout your life. So without seeing an X-ray and without seeing your foot and without knowing about your pain level, uh, it's hard to say, but you're young enough that if you had it at 50, 52, 49, whatever, you can get a fix whenever. It just You'll need some time out of your life because an active lifestyle, it's going to take six weeks or so before you get back to your activities, Katie. Mm. Right, this is from Jason. My 12-year-old son is a consistent tiptoe walker who would spend all day walking on the balls of his feet when barefoot instead of heel first if I didn't stop him. Is this something I should have medically looked at or is it something he might outgrow? Uh, that's another great question. We're getting really good questions today, Ray. So Why do you seem surprised? <laughs> there's two reasons that a 12-year-old is going to walk on the tiptoes. And the first one is called habitual toe walking. And the second is because they are totally contracted and they can't get their heel down to the floor. Aha. So the first thing we do when they have somebody in our office, we ask them to walk on their heels. And if they can, that's a good sign that it's habitual and not contracted. If you have a total contracture of the muscles in the back of your legs, you wouldn't be able to walk on your heels. So he's walking on his tiptoes. That sounds tough. I don't know if I've ever walked on my well, heels. It's just like down the hall a few okay. steps. I'm going to give that but, a shot. Uh, it's not a good thing to do because you're going to contract those muscles and tendons. So we try to get the habitual toe walkers, if that's what your son has, walking properly. And sometimes they need to go to a doctor, and the doctor has to tell them how to walk so that they listen to them, not their mom. Mm. But other times we have to diagnose the fact that they don't have a reason that they can't walk properly because, unfortunately, there are young children that do need to have those uh, those areas either worked on in physical therapy or on some occasion have surgery to elongate the back of uh, the leg muscles hmm. and tendons. And you don't want them to do that forever. So I would get it looked at and okay. see what you can do, Mom. One more email here. This is from Bill. Years ago, got a thorn in my foot. Arch close to heel. Pain slowly increased over the years. Had surgery to remove scar tissue as thorn got absorbed? Question mark. Was good for years. Now feeling like the object is back. Nearly a pinpoint spot. Could cryosurgery take out the nerve causing the pain? That's a thorny question. So... <laughs> so I would say that the, the thorn is not back, but, you, you know, you had scar tissue in there, and the scar tissue is probably back. I'm sure they took out everything uh, the first time. So what you may want to have done, you're not going to necessarily have cryosurgery. To, it's a possibility and certainly something that can be considered, but I'd be more inclined to either offload the area or try to take out the scar tissue again. Okay. So that would be my best Thorn bet for and you. feet. Do you deal with that a lot? 
Uh, we have a lot of foreign bodies. Really? Uh, oh yeah. It's uh, and they and you know who gets them a lot? Hairdressers, little hairs in their feet. It's the most bizarre thing. What the heck? Yes, really? Exactly. What the heck? And then you see all kinds of things from glass to splinters and wood. Hmm. But yes, we do a lot of foreign body removal. It's funny. Our news director Ian Pickus was mm -hmm. complaining about a stone in his shoe mm -hmm. earlier today. Oh yeah. Hey, an intern take it out. <laughs> That's what we do over here. Now, let's go to uh, Cam and Kuksaki. Cam, you're on. Oh, hello, Ray. Hello, doctor. Thank hello. you for taking my call. Sure. About once every six months, maybe eight months, uh, I get this incredibly painful, incredible pain in my left foot and the top of it. Almost feels like I dropped a log on it, although I didn't. It feels like I dropped a log on it. Sometimes it happens in my right foot. It never happens in them both at the same time. So uh, it's very mysterious. And annoying. Ibuprofen, like if I take it when I first feel the pain come on, it really helps enormously. But I'm wondering if you have an idea about why it happens. Kim, I usually do, and I don't now. So this is unusual. You, you just have every six to eight months a feeling of like a heavy log that hits your foot. And I, I would have to really get a detailed history and look at shoes and look at your feet and look at x-rays. So I can't tell you why, but I would say if it goes away and it's not swollen and uh, you've dealt with this forever, my best guess is that it's not serious because if something serious, it would be there all the time. Mm. So I don't think you need to overly worry about it um, as long as the pain does go away relatively quickly in a day or two and you're not getting a swollen red foot. Uh, but I don't think it's gout, and I don't think it's anything that's overly serious. But I would need to somebody would need to look at you. Okay. Kim. Oh my gosh. Right. Well, then I guess it's still a mystery. It's a mystery. You you are the mystery man, Kim. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the call. <laughs> Very much appreciated. Eight hundred three four eight two five five one. Doctor Douglas Tuman of Hudson Valley Foot Associates joins us today. And let's go to Cheshire, Massachusetts. Diana, you're on. Thank you for. Uh, taking my phone call. You bet. I had, two years ago, I had twisted my ankle fairly severely, and I was being treated in physical therapy for the ankle injury, and I started getting sharp pains in my, in my left foot down at the metatarsal mm -hmm. bone, and they kept telling me th that I was imagining it. Uh, two years later, we find out I had a stress fracture there. Mm -hmm. Um, I had gone to, uh, podiatrist. I ended up with a foot surgeon in at Bay state. And now I had, did have foot surgery on the sesamoid bone for the same foot. And that was in October. And in December, after I had come out of the boots, I, and was no longer wearing anything to stabilize my foot. I developed sharp pains in my left toe, and I just went down for a follow-up um, appointment, and they said I had a stress fracture in the the bone just above the joint where I had the surgery. Is and apparently the tendons are attached to both of those bones. Have you ever heard of a bone peeling? I mean, a tendon peeling a bone off? Is that what's happening? I'm not sure what's happening there, but obviously you have a lot of history with your foot, Diana, and you know you had yeah. a history of a stress fracture. And sometimes when you're immobilized for quite some time, 
you know, you do get changes because if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. And if you have any tendency towards osteopenia or a little bit of bone weakening, uh, it's not uncommon to see stress fractures or stress rises or pre-stress reactions after these types of immobilizations. You had surgery, you were off your foot. So it's going to be a slow, right. gradual, you know, return to normalcy. You did it before, you can do it again. So just okay. follow <laughs> Well, it, it still bothers me, the metatarsal. Yeah. You know, you're going to need so some support, a, you know, inside your shoes to help yeah. you out. And I would be certainly that, recommending. That's what I'm investigating yeah, now. I would certainly get that extra okay. support. All right. I would certainly recommend uh, calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D, you know. All right, Diana, thanks so much. Douglas Tuman is our guest. Dr. Tuman is with Hudson Valley Foot Associates. And we'll go to Saratoga. Amy, I think your call was one of those that got dropped by our system. So welcome back. Yes. Hi. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my my 17 year old son. He's very active. He works out and he is a soccer player. So he has been having foot pain on and off. But most recently, it's just very persistent. Um, it's more of even when he's walking, he's having this pain. So initially, we thought perhaps maybe it's the cleats, and um, it's kind of made his big toe kind of go inward and overlapping with the other toes. Mind you, that's also probably hereditary that this is also happening because I have that same toe overlapping issue, but it's probably overstressed due to um, the, the cleats and the play and everything else. So he's been looking into toe box shoes and other options to perhaps allow him to have the wider toe um, expansion when he's wearing footwear. So is there anything else that we're missing here that he should consider looking into? Yes, and thanks for your call, Amy. And certainly a 17-year-old with foot pain is, even if they're athletic and always working out, that's not the norm. So my first recommendation is that, yes, you have a family history of things. Get him into a good foot and ankle doctor, a good podiatrist, have some x-rays taken of his feet, and let's see about his things that are going on and then get some professional advice from there. But you're on the right track. You'd need the toe box shoes, the wide shoes, you know, and, and cleats certainly can cause issues. But I think we're looking at a young young man, you know, almost 18 probably, that uh, needs yeah. just to have some uh, guidance because he's going to have issues uh, throughout life, and he needs to know what's going on. And, and it's not just a shoe thing, although it gets aggravated by shoes. So I would get him looked at. I think that's important, Amy. Don't overlook that. Okay, Amy, thanks for the call. This email from Jay. I badly sprained my right ankle 35 years ago. I'm 73. Only recently it began to bother me again. I was told I snapped the ligament and it is not there anymore and the foot rolls outward. My left foot seems to roll inward. Can must be t you walk in circles. Can one foot so supinate and the other pronate? Yes, that's a possibility. It's not the norm, but yes, it can be. Uh, that was a funny comment. Thank you. Uh, that, that can be happening. So I, I would certainly tell you, uh, again, you have had injury to your ligaments. The ligament uh, you know, got basically disrupted, so you don't have the stability in that ankle, and you can definitely pronate. So that could cause it on one side, and if you had the other issue on the other side, you, know, you can have this asymmetry, which is why you should probably have a professional you know, treat you with maybe custom orthotics or appropriate bracing so that you can be managed appropriately individually because you're never going to find anything that's off the shelf that's going to be good for both sides. So uh, 
Good luck with that, and uh, do seek professional care. This is from William. Uh, hello, 55-year-old exceptionally handsome man. While lifting a large log last spring, I felt the crunch in my right foot at the base of my big toe. It hurt, but was not completely debilitating. I hoped it would just resolve, but it still remained somewhat painful while walking for longer periods. Not normal daily walking. The joint seems slightly enlarged compared to the other foot. Should I just wait it out, or might I need to see someone to avoid it getting worse as I age? Well, I think the lucky doctor is going to see a 55-year-old very handsome gentleman would be very appreciative of your visit. So uh, I would certainly recommend seeing someone. You did something. You either damaged bone, you chipped this piece of bone, you ripped a tendon, you ripped a piece of cartilage. Something happened. You should get it looked at. Okay, let's go to Julie in Schenectady. Julie, you're on. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, this is going to be a similar vein to the 17-year-old. My um, 19-year-old daughter um, played soccer and lacrosse all through high school, and um, her freshman year in college, which was 2019, she did something to her foot, not sure what, um, but ball of the foot pain, kind of an all-of-a-sudden type of thing, but she didn't remember doing anything specific. Um, It's been a three-year process she had MRIs she had um, ended up with surgery of the um, the little bone in your foot the uh, sesamoid uh, so she had one sesamoid bone removed that was supposedly cracked Mm -hmm. and then has had pain ever since worse than it was before and we've been all over the capital district for all kinds of potential treatments PT. She went to New York City to see a physiatrist um, to see about what we could do about the pain. She's now she's 22 years old and can't walk without pain in her the ball of her foot, which is obviously distressing yeah. to me. So I'm wondering if you have any experience with post sesamoid complications. All right. Yeah, I mean, Julie, this is a real challenge for a, a young woman to have such pain for so many years, and she's been all over and not getting the necessary relief. There are two sesamoids in the foot. Uh, obviously, one was removed. I would be wondering about the other sesamoid that's still there. I'd be wondering about a torn ligament on the bottom of the foot called the plantar plate. So there's a lot of things to do, and it's hard to give you a recommendation. There's many good people out there, but the people I send to for these really difficult cases is my partner, Dr. Keller, Michael Keller. So uh, if you haven't seen him, you can take his name. and. No. Uh, what, where is he? He's in, in Kingston. Uh, at our, uh, I hate to plug in our office, but he's, he's just an extraordinary doctor for difficult cases. So that you think that's a difficult opinion. case? I think for the, what she's yeah. gone through is a difficult case all because right. of the age and all the stuff that she's gone through without relief, yeah. Dr. Douglas Tooman is our guest. Dale writes in, I've suffered from recurring athlete's foot for years. What's the best way to stop the burning and recurrence? Tasks of concern, washing, how often, applying ointment, which types are best, foot powder, where to apply to the toes, to the shoes, when, how best to prevent? A lot of questions a lot of, with a minute left. So here's the thing. You're doing all the right things. You need to see a professional to have more prescription-based medication to get this resolved, whether it be prescription topicals, orals. Uh, I don't think the over-the-counter is the remedy. You may have feet that are sweating. You may need to relieve that with different remedies. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say uh, professional. Okay, and then Rich writes yeah. in, your answer about ingrown toenails just reminded me of a question I've had a long time. 
Do we need toenails? I hate cutting them now that I'm older and less flexible. What would happen to feet and toes if nails were removed? That's supposing it can even be done. Do they serve any purpose? And that's from Rich. Rich, quick answer. They don't serve a great purpose. They help podiatrists send their kids to college. That would be one purpose. (laughs) But in in general, uh, they get ingrown. They get painful. They get thick. They get fungus. You don't need them. Maybe how we were designed 200,000 years ago, we needed them to climb trees or something. But we don't really need them. But we don't take them off unless necessary. But we do take them off. But you don't recommend that he just lets them go until they curl around like a little shell (laughs) outside the front of your toe. The turtle shell. No, I wouldn't recommend that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Somebody also wanted to know about... A planter's warts. Uh, her teenager has um, planter's warts. They keep coming back. They did the acid. They did the duct tape. They've had them frozen at the pediatrician. They keep coming back. Surgery was going to be six to eight weeks of recovery in a boot. Um, what are the options? And you yeah, have there's, there's four options. Seconds. Yeah, sometimes they have to outgrow this a little bit, but I, I would not recommend the surgical option on somebody that has lots of warts. It leaves them with big holes, scar tissue. So keep trying and just maybe change the uh, the doctors and see if you can find another remedy. I would see a podiatrist who does uh, in-office care. There's a lot of different ways to do this. Hey, Doug, Douglas Toolman, <laughs> thank you for being here. Fun show today. Yeah, very fun. All right. Do you ever get tired of uh, looking at feet? Never. Really? Beautiful, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Support comes from Dr. John Chen, specializing in endoscopic spine surgery and disc regeneration, treating disc herniations, spinal stenosis, and myelopathy, envisionspinesurgery.com for details. Thanks again to Dr. Douglas Tooman of Hudson Valley Foot Associates for being here. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the calls. There were so many emails and so many calls we didn't get to today. Trust me, Dr. Tooman will be back soon. Thanks to Zachary Malloy, our engineer. Thanks to Joe Makowitz for screening the calls. I'm Ray Graff. Tomorrow, time to talk Boyd's once again with Rich Guthrie and Julie Hart. We'll see you tomorrow at 2.